Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Happy Tuesday, football fans. It's Isaac Signs here, and I thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Pro Football Chase Podcast. In today's episode, Jarrell Worthy and I preview Super Bowl 54 and give our score prediction. Plus, NFL defensive tackle Mike Daniels joins the show to give his thoughts on the matchup. This is the Pro Football Chase Podcast, a podcast that has featured interviews with Rams wide receiver Robert Woods. 32,000 yards, um, and you know, last year, unfortunately, I got hurt mid, midway in the season, but other than that, just just working and grinding to, to get to this point, and uh, probably broke it with a lot of games left. Packers wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, just the fact that we got a, you know, uh, all pro on the other side of the ball, um, um, so when you got a guy like that, you know, that's who's going to get the main focus. Um, obviously, you know, people start to know my name a little bit after I made a few plays here and there. Broncos offensive guard Ronald Leary. It would either have to be a counter or uh, a pin, pin and pull play when we get on the edge and run. Uh, I think it's always impressive when big guys can get out that stance and move and hit somebody. So In rising stars, Dalton Risner, Charles Amenahu, and Jawan Williams. This is a podcast that offers player perspectives from some well-decorated veterans, including T.J. Hushman Zada. People will say, oh, well, is that Chris got a franchise quarterback? Uh, look, look at his record, does it? It tells you he is. Oh, he has a great Ezekiel You tell me a quarterback in the entire NFL that's not time break that does more with that. Game previews, recaps, and analysis. Turn the volume up. The chase is on, and the chase is live. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you all. We are previewing Super Bowl 54. We got Jarrell Worthy on the line, Mike Daniels. Pro Bowl defensive tackle. We're going to 
chat up some of these teams, Chiefs, 49ers. So first things first, Jarrell, how you doing, man? I'm doing excellent this morning. Uh, I'm excited to talk about the Super Bowl. Excited to talk about um, everything that comes with it. Uh, basically, uh, one of the greatest sporting events, if not the greatest sporting event in sports. So I'm excited to discuss. Mike, how you doing, man? Man, I'm great. You know what I mean? Sitting here getting by together and everything. And, um, you know, definitely looking forward to the Super Bowl. Obviously, you know, that's that's like, that's a holiday in my household growing up. So, you know, I carry on a tradition. And, uh, you know, with the parents here and everything, get to watch it with my sons now, which is great. So, yeah, I, I, I'm ready for this. They had Super Bowl opening night on Monday night where they had some of the media come out, both teams getting on the big stage there in Miami. So this is the first time these two teams will meet in a Super Bowl and the first Super Bowl appearance for the Chiefs in 50 years. Now this will be the 49ers' seventh Super Bowl appearance. So let's go ahead and uh, toss it to Mike first, then we'll go to Jarrell. So Mike, we know obviously you played for the Packers for a while. You played with the Lions in 2019. But when you look at the makeup of both San Francisco, we know their defense is dominant. And you look at Kansas City and their high-powered offense, what are some matchups that you're looking forward to watching in this game? Man, like... It's got to be the San Francisco run game versus the Kansas City, you know, defense front seven. And the reason I say that is because we saw what the 49ers did against Green Bay. And Green Bay got two Pro Bowl defense alignment with Darius Smith, you could argue Preston, was definitely uh, had a Pro Bowl season this year, and Kenny Clark. So the two edge guys and then right in the middle, and, and they, you know, they tore him up. Blake Martinez is a good linebacker. You know, all his uh, top five in tackles. And even even he had his struggles going against them. And then Goodson came in and did some good things for them. So, 49ers didn't care about any of that. Ran right through him. You know, um, look at Kansas City. They, they definitely have a lot of talent up front. I really like their linebackers. Um, I'm not biased because Hitchens is an Iowa guy. And I went to Iowa when we played together. I'm not biased at all. He's a really good linebacker. <laughs> He's a really good linebacker. That's, that's a shot at Terrell, Michigan State, you know. <laughs> but, um, nah, they, nah, we took an L to them last game I played, so I can't talk. But anyway, Pigeon's a real good linebacker. They got a really good defensive line, but they have been vulnerable in the run game. So it's going to be an interesting battle to see. Man, I would have to piggyback off of Mike, man. I think, you know, obviously when it comes down to it, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, for the most part, uh, they've been riding on a high defensively, like I said um, in previous podcasts, you know, from from at least week week 12 up into this postseason. They've been having opportunities um, aside from the, 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 the flute game against um, the Houston Texans, the defense and <clears throat> the defense in, in Kansas City has been has been riding on a high, only giving up around 14 points a game. And so. At the end of the day, you know, the the running game is going to try to the running game is going to be established with the 49ers. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the addition of Chris Jones coming back into the lineup and inserting him, I think it's going to it's going to prove to pay off uh, real big dividends for this defense. If they can get Jimmy Garoppolo into a lot of third and long situations, uh, which Spagnola uh, loves to dial up a, a plethora of, of exotic blintzes using honey badger in a, in a um, in a variety of positions, I think it's going to be able to, uh, to, to really, really, uh, um, be able to 
stop this 49ers offense because, you know, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo threw eight passes last week. I mean, the week before last. And and I just think, I mean, to me, man, I just don't think that that's going to be able to be a formula to to win the Super Bowl, um, especially going up against the Kansas City and, and, you know, averaging 30 points per game. And so I think the interior is going to have to be. And so I'm excited about seeing that. Yeah, and you know, look yeah, at San Francisco. They rushed for 186 yards in the divisional round victory over the Vikings. 285 against Green Bay, as Mike just alluded to. You know, Raheem Mostert, you got Tevin Coleman, who's working his way back from that shoulder injury. But when you look at San Francisco, the starting five, Joe Staley, Lakin Tomlinson, Ben Garland, Mike Person, and Mike McGlinchey, those guys can just dominate the trenches, and they did that. Now, looking at Kansas City's front seven, you got Chris Jones. Of course, the health of him is big because he's been limited by that calf injury and so if he's able to get back to full health, you know, you got Derek Noddy there as well. So that is an intriguing matchup in the trenches. But one matchup I'm looking forward to seeing is how these tight ends are going to be involved in the game. You got Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs. You got George Kittle for the 49ers. You got Tyron Matthew potentially lining up opposite of George Kittle. And then we'll see how the Niners handle Travis Kelsey, whether it be with Tart, you know, he's one of the safeties back there, Jimmy Ward. So I'm really intrigued to see the impact of both these dominant pass catchers that can also be really good in the run game as well. Yeah, I think, you know, personally, when I look at Travis Kelsey and what he's been able to do, having over 1,200 yards receiving, um, he's essentially a different, another receiver out there. And that's what makes this Kansas City team so dangerous because they have a lot of the speedsters on the outside. But when you have a guy that's big and physical but can also stretch the field, uh, I think for the most part it's going to be very scary um, for this San Francisco 49ers defense. And I think – you know, their defensive line is going to have to come ready to play. I think, obviously, you know, they've been proven uh, to be extremely high, uh, extremely productive this season. Um, but for me, you know, the matchup, uh, I, I, wanna, I want to properly say this name right, but this, uh, the strong safety for the 49ers, uh, Jacquizzi's Tart uh, versus Travis Kelsey, obviously he's going to be doing, you know, majority of the, the covering of Travis Kelsey and we seen, you know, a couple weeks ago, he gave up a 42-yard touchdown um, against Jimmy Graham and, and the Green Bay Packers. And so, obviously, I think that's a concern for me um, because we all we know what Travis Kelsey can do. I mean, even even with a bum hamstring coming out in the second half, we've seen his production, uh, the yards after after catch, as well as the yards after contact, because he's not only catching the football, but he's breaking tackles as well. And so, when you look at that man, it, you have to be able to. Uh, limit his touches because at the end of the day, I, we understand that they're going to have speedsters over the top, but Travis Kelsey is the guy that really uh, continues to move the chains forward. And so that's what I'm really interested in seeing. Yeah. And um, it's funny we're missing tight ends here because we know Kelsey has been the best in the game, you know, for quite some time. And now it's like he's playing against the guy that's about to take the mantle from him and George Kittle, and that's going to provide a <laughs> tough matchup for whoever is playing defensive back, you know, and uh, like you said, Jarrell, there's been some struggles uh, exposed by the uh, the 49ers in um, dealing with that, but I, I, still, I still, 
I still think George Kittle is going to have the bigger day. I mean, Travis Kelsey, like we said, we, he has a, he has a bum leg, and he's still going to be dominant no matter what. Even if they just have him out there just as a decoy, you know, he's still dangerous. He can touch and get the ball at any point, especially with Mahomes throwing it. But Kittle basically had the week off like, uh, a couple weeks ago. And that guy's hungry, and he's itching to get the ball. And you know Jarrell's a player. When you've been cold, you know, you've been having to say as a pass rusher, hey, we got a running quarterback. We want you to contain him. Next week, it's like, come on, man, I need to get to the quarterback. Okay, well, this guy, he's not a running quarterback. Oh, we turned our ears back all game. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's kind of the mentality. Kittle's going into the game. He's going into this game like, listen, feed me. Feed me the rock. And he's going to find a way to get open no matter what. And with that threat, that's going to open up the rest of that defense. You got to realize that passing game, they, they basically had two weeks off, you know? Yeah. And so they showed nothing in the NFC Championship game. They showed nothing. And you know, Jarrell, when you get ready for a playoff game, you're, you're going to watch everything from the season, but you're really going to watch, um, let's say if you're in the divisional round, you're going to watch that wild card game. If you're in the uh, uh, the championship game, you want to watch that. You want to watch the divisional round and the wild card game. Can you play in it? So we know that teams have wrinkles that they show in the playoffs that they didn't have during the season. The 49ers, they don't. They didn't have to do too much. They stayed to their game plan to beat the Vikings. And when they played the uh, the Packers, I mean, they threw the ball what eight times. Yeah, so they really didn't the show. They, they really didn't show much of anything. So we can definitely expect some uh, some wrinkles to be um, displayed on the game on Sunday. I'm interested to hear y'all's take, Mike and Jarrell. I mean, you look at Kansas City, their personnel. You got Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Miko Hardman, and then you look at San Francisco's secondary: Richard Sherman, Akala Witherspoon, Kawan Williams, Jimmy Ward, Jaquiski Tart. How do you think that San Francisco is going to be able to contain the speed of Kansas City's wideouts, Mike? We'll go to you first. Wow. So that that speed is, I, I, you know, I don't want to get talking out of my behind here, but I don't know if we've seen that much speed on one team. And, 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 and because you have Arguably, three of the fastest players in the NFL, definitely the fastest at their position, all on the same team. And you have a guy that's going to have the ball on the mark. Sometimes you get speedsters; they have to throttle down because they have they have to throttle down because they don't know if the quarterback's going to get the ball to them perfectly, you know. But when you got guys like this, and you have a guy like Mahomes who's going to say, "Hey, you get to the point; the ball will be there." And if I need to give a little bit of extra air up under it, so you, because I know you're going to get there faster than I think, then so be it. Mahomes, I think, is going to be the deciding factor with the speed of the, uh, well, with the receivers and the running back being able to display all the speed that they have. You know, because the pass will get the ball there perfectly for them. So they're going to basically be able to just cut loose. Sometimes, we, like I said, when you have a speedster, they can't go as fast as they want because they may ball may be overthrown, might be underthrown. Mahomes isn't doing that. I mean, quite frankly, we're seeing young greatness in the making right here. Uh, yeah, I want to piggyback off that. I think, you know, obviously, you know, Mike can attest to this. When you're 
Um, when you play with a guy that's uh, going to be a potential Hall of Famer, you know, and I think, you know, obviously if Patrick Mahomes continues the success that he's had on the field, he'll definitely be in Canton someday. Uh, and so when you have quarterbacks like that and you have the receivers on the outside that are essentially can run anything on the route tree because you have a quarterback that, that'll be able to place the ball uh, perfect for where, you know, you have the best opportunity to throw it as a defense um you know, if you're if you're Kansas City, you know, going into this game, you just try not to mess up. You know, when you have a guy like how we did in Aaron Rodgers, we knew defensively all we had to do was essentially play our game and have op- and give them opportunities to score the football. And so, um, you know, as we seen last week, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, obviously had a great statistical game in the second half primarily. Uh, but the first half was obviously out of reach because of a you know, because of what the dominance of the 49ers in their rushing attack. And so going into this game, man, the Kansas City Chiefs has to just uh, essentially um, give give Patrick Mahomes in this offense uh, more opportunities to score than the 49ers offense. I think when I'm looking at the skills positions, the speed that they have on the outside, uh, if I'm the San Francisco 49ers, what you want to do is you want to try to have a, a cover two shell, um, try to keep everything primarily in front. Um, it's going to be essentially tough, but they have the defensive line in order to play this scheme because the defensive line up front is the most important factor of having a cover two scheme because at the end of the day, um, you know, the safeties are, are out wide at the hashes. The corners are playing uh, at a depth to where they can come up and make tackles. You want to keep everything in front. But the, the running but the running game, the running attack is uh, is essentially what's the most vulnerable in a cover two shell. And so I think. You have to have great defense alignment in which the San Francisco 49ers have up front to be able to jump the front, um, run a lot of games and cause a lot of confusion up front for the Kansas City uh, for the Kansas City offense. And so at the end of the day, it's going to it's really going to come down to the pass rushers. D Ford on the outside uh, can um, can Quan Alexander be able to cover the running backs out the backfield because, you know, obviously we haven't. Um, we haven't even talked about Darian Williams and what he's been able to do out the backfield. Um, and obviously we saw that, uh, a couple weeks ago, um, you know, his, uh, his, his play and, and what he was able to do um, out the backfield against the Tennessee Titans, as well as um, against the Houston Texans. And so I'm excited, man, to really see what the 49ers come up with defensively, because we're talking about an all-star cast when it comes to the speed and the athleticism of the, of the, um, the Kansas City Chiefs, and so, I mean, I, I'm very interested to see uh, what what, what Salah's going to come up with uh, defensively as far as the scheme. One thing I'm looking at is, you know, I talked about Witherspoon, and and he's been benched at times in the playoffs for Emmanuel Mosley, who will start opposite of Richard Sherman. We'll see who lines up first, but that could be a potential area where the Chiefs test the Niners deep down the field with the speed that we all know they have with Tyree Kill and McCole Hardman and Sammy Watkins. So that definitely is going to be an interesting concept for San Francisco. And I can't wait to see how these linebackers, I know, Mike, you mentioned Anthony Hitchens, who I believe is one of the most underrated linebackers in the NFL. And then you got Damian Wilson, who also came from Minnesota, you know, who's a very hard-nosed linebacker as well. And so when it comes to stopping San Francisco offensively, Kansas City's going to have to have some production from Hitchens and Wilson, who have really made some plays in the backfield for Steve Spagnuolo's defense. Yeah. Um, once again, I, I'm going to take it back to Hitchens, right? 
when you have a linebacker that can command the defense the way he does and command the uh, attention of the offense, like, hey, we're not going to throw in the middle over there. Cause, I mean, when he was in college, I used to call him lights out. And because when he came into school, he was knocked. I'm not going to say he was knocking people out, right? But let's just say he was delivering the boom on some guys and they elected to not finish practice. See what I'm saying? Clean hits as well. So, you know, Hitch was a monster. And he developed into an even bigger monster, a smarter monster, a, a, a true veteran of the game. He, he learned so much in Dallas. You got to think he came from learning in at Iowa, which they just preached technique, technique, technique. And then he went and learned under Sean Lee in Dallas. And now he's bringing everything that he knows to Kansas City. And he's doing a phenomenal job. You can see that. He's going to have the guys ready. He's going to have them lined up where they need to be, doing all the right stuff. And that's why I mentioned that the front seven versus that run game. Because they're, they're going to challenge them. They're not going to shy away from running up the middle. They're not going to shy away from doing the reverses and the pitch passes to the receiver that they did. They're going to challenge Kansas City's run defense. As well said, they're going to try to establish the run. Yeah, we have Kittle and we have the receivers and Grubbo can get them the ball, but it definitely going to try to establish the run. And I think Kitchens is, uh, he's definitely going to make it, make, make, make a claim and, um, get, Get his name out there. Like you say, he's one of the most, he's probably criminally underrated, as I would say. And I think that changes after this Sunday. I think for me, uh, you know, when I'm looking at this whole thing, you know, obviously we know that they're going to challenge them in the run game, you know, but I think, you know, obviously we're talking, we talked about George Kittle. We, talk, we, we spoke on him earlier, um, but I, it's going to be tough, man, because, you know, obviously Honey Badgers has been has been your uh, Swiss Army knife the entire year. Um, and Tyron Matthews had an opportunity to play at a plethora of positions um, from corner to nickel to safety, um, being the extra linebacker down in the box and um, in a dime and nickel situations. And so I think for me, uh, Kyle Shanahan's going to have an op- he's going to have to uh, pick and choose. Uh, when he wants to use Kittle in in those big play situations, he's going to have to scheme and have a a, um, a game plan to where he can try to have an opportunity to take advantage of the Kansas City defense when Tyron Matthew isn't covering uh, George Kittle. I think for the most part, when they when they look at it, they feel that their corners have an opportunity to match up against Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, you know, obviously covering the, the fast receivers that they have in practice each and every week, they're going to feel confident about their abilities going into this game to be able to cover on the outside. I think for me, it's going to be the combination and the communication between um, Sorensen and uh, Tyron Matthew at, at the safety position. And so if these guys can work together. And if Sorensen has an opportunity to play bigger uh, than expected this week, man, and have an opportunity to really uh, frustrate George Kittle as far as his routes being physical at the line of scrimmage. We obviously know he's a physical freak. He's been playing all the, he's been playing the entire year uh, with the torn labrum in the shoulder. And so, you know, we know that his mentality and what, and his physicality that he brings to the game is, is like no other. And so they're going to have to step up and play big. Um, we saw them last, we saw them a couple weeks ago against the Tennessee Titans. They stepped up and answered the call, answered the bell against um, Derrick Henry and their rushing attack. And, and we all know 
um, you know, with the first rounders that they have on their offensive line, that's a that's a very tall task to answer. And so I think at the end of the day, man, um, Sorensen and, and Tyron Matthew, those guys at the safety positions, being able to limit George Kittle on the outside is what's going to uh, pay big dividends for this this Chiefs defense because we all we know how important these tight ends are to the game. We've seen it obviously in previous years. Um, you know Gronkowski. Uh, you know we've seen it. You know with with uh, with other teams as well. And so at the end of the day, man, we know that these that the tight ends and what they bring to the game is very important for a lot of offenses in the league and the success that they have. And when you have an athletic one uh, like both these teams do. You have to find ways to limit them uh, within your scheme. And so it's, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see what Spagnola brings to the table, uh, whether or not they're going to have Tyron Matthew on him the whole game, which I don't think will be a, a, a good uh, game plan just because, you know, you essentially take away from what Tyron Matthew brings to the game and and his creativity and being able to move around and, and through the entire defense. But it's going to be um, it's going to be exciting to see, man, what these guys uh, can come up with because, you know, obviously Spagnuolo's been, uh, he's had his back against the wall the entire year. Um, everybody's criticized their defense up until this point until they start gelling, like I said, over the last five weeks of the regular season. And so it'd be, it'll be really interesting to see uh, which safety is going to step up to the task. And if we're going to see Tyron Matthew on George Kittle, the entire game. One interesting matchup that I don't think a lot of people talk about, obviously, because it doesn't get all the glamour, is that both of these teams have phenomenal fullbacks. You got Anthony Sherman with the Chiefs, and then you got Kyle Juszczyk with the 49ers, and those two guys are pivotal in the rushing attack for their respective offense. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they play a factor as well, because they are very athletic in their own right. They can also carry the ball at the goal line, and we know Kyle Juszczyk is big in the pass game for San Francisco, especially in those play-action situations. But we're going to go ahead and turn the page, guys. Let's do some fact fiction, Super Bowl edition. I know, Mike, you're new to the podcast, but this is basically where I'll read a statement and we'll say whether we believe it's a fact or if it's fiction. So the first statement here, and I'll toss it to Mike and Jarrell, you can follow, has to do with the tight ends, which we talked about. So here it is. 49ers tight end George Kittle will have more receiving yards than Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. Mike, do you think that's a fact or is it fiction? I'm gonna say fact because uh, I really well, this, this, this is a group that we didn't talk about. San Francisco's defensive line. See what I'm saying? Uh, now, Kansas City's offensive line—they they, you know done done their job. I, you know, obviously get a Super Bowl, but that defensive line that uh, the 49ers have is um, they're 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 frightening. I should say that pass rush is so. Yeah, I, I don't. I, as much as I know, Mahomes is young greatness, and he's going to be getting the ball out there. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, he, he's going to have a hard time finding um finding some of those guys with that pass rush. Can't believe we didn't talk about them. So I'm pretty sure that. My, my boy Kill is going uh, to take over. Like I said, he's hungry. He's ready to get the rock. He had two weeks off. It, it, it's time. It's time. And then he'll probably give a WWE press conference afterwards. I think for me, um, I'm going to say fiction that George Kittle has more more yards than Travis Kelsey just because of the roster and the, and the way that the Kansas City Chiefs work. We know that, you know, Kansas City is looking for the big play. They're always looking to score fast and early. 
Um, and the way the the, the way these uh, these plays are drawn up, Andy Reid uh, schematically always has some sort of beat route um, embedded into his pass concepts. Just just because of the simple fact he knows that any one of his four uh, starting receivers can take the top off a of defense, and so that always opens up everything for Travis Kelsey underneath. And and we saw the success in previous weeks. I'm going to say fact. I think Kittle will have more receiving yards than Kelsey. It's about time that he's going to break out. You look at his numbers, three receptions for 16 yards against Minnesota, and then one catch for 19 yards against Green Bay because they just rammed it down the Packers' throats, and we know that Jimmy G only threw the ball eight times. So I think Kittle's going to come out with a big-time performance and have more receiving yards than Kelsey. Now let's talk a little bit about this Niners front seven. You know, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa. So here's the statement, and I'm interested to see what you all say, both of you being defense alignment. The 49ers will accumulate five or more sacks on Patrick Mahomes. Fact or fiction, Mike? Okay. Dang, man. Fact or fiction. Ain't no in between. There's no, like, you know. I'm going to go ahead and say fact because that's a, that's a very competitive defensive line, right? Somebody's going to get a sack. So, so listen, there's two position groups that live for the prime time, receivers and defensive backs. Running backs don't live for the prime time because they know, or excuse me, receivers and defensive linemen. Running backs don't live for the prime time because they know defensive linemen are coming to take their head off. You see what I'm saying? Uh, 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 D-backs don't live for the prime time because they know if they get cooked, the whole world saw it happen. Quarterbacks don't look forward to the prime time because they know D-linemen are coming for them. O-linemen don't look forward to the prime time. They know D-linemen are coming for them. See what I'm saying? Linebackers don't look forward to the prime time. They know they may have to cover one of those receivers. And if they get cooked, the whole world is watching. And we know punters and kickers don't look forward to the prime time because if it comes to that game where the field goal and you miss, the world saw it. You say the punt, the world saw it. So the superstition groups that, let's be honest, are protected by primetime defensive linemen and wide receivers. Defensive linemen, hey, nobody saw me miss my gap on that play. Wide receiver, hey, you know, I dropped the ball, but I caught another one. Whatever, what happens, right? Nobody cares. See, I mean, you have a three-set game. They rush for 20 yards. You were talking about your three-set game. See what I mean? So, uh, yes, those guys are going to be juiced up. They're going to be gassed up. They're going to be ready. They want to go get young greatness. It's like, it almost seems the 49ers, and we know it's a defensive lineman, so let's just say that. When you play against a greatness, when you play against a great quarterback, oh, oh my goodness, you want that on your jacket. You want to hang that You want to hang that jersey up on your wall like, yeah, I got him. And especially in the Super Bowl. So they're all going to be trying to get them a Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl edition football jersey on Sunday night. And as soon as one of them does, the rest of them are going to get one. So, yes, they are definitely going to get five sacks or more in this game. Um, I'm going to piggyback off you, man. I'm going to say fact as well, just because uh, we know how important this defensive line is to the game. Like I said before, um, you know, as far as their roster and the talent, man, and their secondary, I just don't think that they have that type of talent to be able to keep up with the speed of the of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, receivers and um, you know we saw how important these guys ha- how important these guys were all year to the success of their team they've got they've got at least four first rounders on their front seven um, including D Ford man I think he makes it five and so 
you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to see him go up against Mitchell Schwartz. Um, you know, he hadn't given up a sack all season for the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's going to be, you know, pretty exciting. You know, we know Andy Reid tries to get the ball out fast, but we also know that Patrick Mahomes is kind of like an Aaron Rodgers-esque and likes to hold on to the ball to make the big play. And so I think at the end of the day, you give guys with a ton of athleticism more time to be able to get home. The defensive line for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, they are going to continue to junk up the front. And when I mean junk up the front, that means run a lot of games. They're going to be uh, spiking the three techniques inside uh, Buckner. Mm-hmm. They're going to be having um, they're going to be having Armstead uh, matched up against uh, one of the uh, the weaker links on the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. And so I'm and to be me to be honest with you, if it was me, I personally would go to a uh, like a bare front because because of the talent that they have up front to be able to cover all of their office alignment, which gives them no opportunity to uh, to be able to have the two on one situations in the pass rushing game. Uh, I, I expect uh, I expect D4 number one to bounce back after last year and what he went through. And so I'm expecting a big, big, big performance from him this week. Mm, yeah. D. Ford's playing against his former team, the Kansas City Chiefs, so there you have it. It makes it even more intriguing, but I'm going to say fact as well. I think the Niners are going to get after Patrick Mahomes, and we saw them do it against the Vikings. I mean, six sacks in the divisional round. We saw them pressure Aaron Rodgers to no end in the NFC Championship game, but look, man, six different 49ers have registered at least one sack in the postseason. You mentioned Nick Bosa. He has three Eric Armstead with two, Buckner with one, Ford with one, Thomas with one, and even Kawan Williams, the slot corner with one. So I think they're going to come after Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to say fact. Now, this has to do with Patrick Mahomes. I'm interested. This is a big topic right here because Mahomes, he's thrown for 615 yards and eight touchdowns this postseason. So here is the statement Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes will throw for more than 300 yards against San Francisco. Fact or fiction? I want to say I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with a fact. If you would like me to take it first, I think um, you know we seen last week. You know the San Francisco team obviously they got up big, uh, but they were susceptible uh, to a lot of big plays in the second half against the, the Packers, and so. I yes. think you know when I'm looking at when I'm looking schematically at how the the Chiefs are built, um, you know, offensively, man, they don't have the talent. Uh, the Green Bay Packers doesn't necessarily have the talent that the Kansas City Chiefs have on the outside. But the way the plays are drawn up, the deep routes, the over routes, the yards after catch, uh, the quick passes and screens, um, as well as their play action pass game, I think. At the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes is going to have a lot of opportunities to be successful. I think that they're going to have big plays in their secondary. That's why it's so important for their defensive line to have a phenomenal game. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes is definitely throwing for 300 yards. That's that's a fact. Like how Jarrell said, I don't know if it's going to come. But he also said, you know, the, the 49ers, they were susceptible to some big plays. Um, in the second half of that Packers game, and we also know this. The Chiefs, on the other hand, are even better in the second half in games. So, yeah, they may get to them early. Well, they're going to get to them early. Excuse me. They're, they're going to get to them. They're, they're, they're going to get to them. That doesn't mean he's not going to respond. That doesn't mean he's going to throw in the towel and give up. No. He's going to continue to play, and he's going to start 
poking him up <laughs> in the passing game, as we've seen him do all year. And it's really hard because I know Patrick Mahomes, the guy gets it in bunches when he's on, but I'm going to have to say fiction. I'm going to oppose you all. Something in me believes that the Niners are going to contain Mahomes, you know, not completely shut him down. I think Mahomes is going to get over, you know, 250 yards to 60, but I just feel like they're going to suffocate him in the pocket. They're really going to make life difficult for him. They're going to keep everything in front of them. I think this Niners secondary, they are really going to be on high alert, making sure that they're not beat over the top. So I'm going to say fiction. I think Mahomes is shy of 300 yards passing on Sunday night. Now for the last statement here, and this has to do with another big-time topic about the Niners and their successful rushing attack. So here it is. The 49ers will compile 150 rush yards or more against Kansas City. Is that fact or fiction? No, that, that, that's fiction. They're going to get 100. They're not going to get 150. The Kansas City's front seven... They're very good. They have been weak at the run at points this season. I feel with the with it being the Super Bowl and like I said, Anthony Hitchens truly taking control of that defense and you know, Spagnola knowing what it's supposed to be like to stop the run. At the end of the year, stopping the run is actually one of the things that you're supposed to get better at. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I truly feel that they're going to be able to stop the run. They're going to limit the run, I should say. 49ers aren't going to have the huge running day that they did. And then also for this, too, the 49ers aren't going to lean as heavy on the run game like they did in the Green Bay. They did it in the in the standard game because they knew they could do it. They knew they could get away with it. This game, mm, not so much. And also, once again, it, it, it's time for Kittle to get his. And they know that. And they're going to make sure they do that. So I don't think the running game is going to be a priority for them going into this because I feel as though they've got some, some, uh, some things dialed up in the past again that we haven't seen yet that they've lucked out and were able to save for the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I'm going to say fiction on the, on the statement as well. I don't think, I, I, I think for me personally, it's going to come down to a few other reasons. Um, you know, obviously they're not going to, I don't think that they're going to have the opportunity to lean on the running game as a, as much as they did against the Green Bay Packers in previous weeks as well. Just because of the simple fact we're talking about a team who's all, who's almost averaging 30 points a game. And so it's going to be extremely tough to run the ball and having time of possession um, in which you are going down the field. They can move the ball as much as they want, but if they're not scoring and they're ending with field goals and Kansas City's ending with touchdowns at, on the other end, that that's going to quickly go out the window for me personally. I'm going to say fact here. Again, I know that Kansas City defensively, they have really hunkered down against the run. They allowed 94 rush yards, 4.5 yards per carry against Houston, and then they really took away Derrick Henry 85 rush yards against Tennessee with a 3.7 yards per carry average. But when you look at San Francisco, they're averaging 235 yards rushing 
per game in the postseason. So I understand that 150 can be hard to obtain just because of how explosive Kansas City is. But I actually think the Niners are going to be able to come out, control the time of possession. And I think they're going to come out passing. They're going to make Kansas City respect their passing game and then hit them with a run early and often. So I think they're going to eclipse 150 yards rushing. But let's go ahead and get into the game picks. Now we get to see who we're riding with on Sunday. And also, after you make your game pick, I want you to give me a Super Bowl MVP as well. So let's go ahead and turn it to Mike and then Jarrell, and then I'll finish it off. So I'm going to preface my answer with this. Right, 49ers, we know that they're going to get over 100 rushing yards. Not 150, but their, their rushing attack is going to be – the rushing attack is going to be effective when they need it. You know, and, and I definitely see them getting at least one or two rushing touchdowns. Correct. Um, Kittle, he's a beast. He's ready. They're going to feed him the rock. It, it's big stage. He can't wait to – be that WWE monster out there on the football field. He wants to block guys into the ground. Uh, He's he ready to catch and run people over. He's he, he ready. He's he ready to rock. We know he's going to get his yardage, right? Make it a touchdown. And uh, that pass rush, my goodness, they're definitely going to have their day. Nobody on that defensive line is going to go home and say, wow, I didn't do enough. In terms of getting to the quarterback. That being said, Patrick Mahomes is young greatness, man. I mean, I just don't think you're going to be able to stop young greatness right now, man. We've seen him pull rabbits out of hats, out of rabbits. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know if that's possible, but he has done it. Like, I can't stop laughing, man. He, <laughs> that's he, a great he, analogy. He, listen, man, I'm, I'm telling you, Mahomes is ready. He's ready. And after last year, and notice, I'm talking a lot more about the people themselves, not so much about schematics and everything, you know, because uh, that's that, that, that's that's a, that's a huge aspect of the game. Mahomes is going to have enough poise to say, okay, y'all sat me for the sixth time. That's cool. And it's only the second quarter. That's fine. I'm going to get back up. I'm going to rally my troops. And I'm going to keep dropping back the pass. I'm not scary, like Bernie Mattis would say. I scare you, <laughs> you know. So, uh, RP, one of the great ones, man. But Mahomes is ready. Mahomes is young greatness. I believe in that kid. And it's time for Andy Reid to get him a ring, too. So, yeah. It's going to be a rough first half. I'm not going to lie to you for the Chiefs. But that second half, they're definitely rolling, man. And that's when we're going to really see their, their pass rush come alive. And they're going to carry on with a uh, with an energy that we haven't seen since we saw Seattle go against the Broncos. Just that they're only going to do it for one half, you know what I mean? Because I think the 49ers are going to come out throwing haymakers to start the game. And they're going to be landing them as well. But the Chiefs got tough chance, so I say the Chiefs are going to take this one from home the MVP. He's going to Disneyland. You got a score, Mike? Score? 17-34-35. Ah, you made some very compelling arguments, man, when I'm when I'm thinking about it. When when you're going into big games like this, obviously the opening script is going to be, uh, you know, things you haven't seen. It's going to be a lot of plays in which the, the 49ers and the Chiefs necessarily haven't practiced for. 
And so there's going to be a lot of confusion around the first quarter, at least the first 10 to 15 plays scripted. And But I think for me, it just comes down to having two weeks to prepare for this defense. And if I'm going back to, to the Green Bay Packers and the success that they had in the second half, I think just for me, it's just going to come down to uh, how, taking this defensive line out the game. And I and don't be surprised for me if you see Andy Reid open the game with a no huddle situation, um, as well as a, as well as the second half. Because when you have tremendous defensive linemen up front, you're going to have to take advantage of of their talents and their speed. And so, you know, obviously to slow them down, no huddle comes into play, screens come into play. Um, you know, obviously, you know, San Francisco has you know uh, premier linebackers in order to to compensate, uh, you know, guys in the screen game. But I think for me personally, it just comes down to Big Red having two weeks to prepare for this defense, um, you know, having all the weapons at his disposal finally. And, um, I mean, we haven't even mentioned Shady McCoy. I mean, and this guy has been in and out the lineup. We know what he brings to the table as far as, you know, rushing and catching the ball out the backfield. So, like I said, man, just like off the water boy, it's going to be like, you know, uh, you know, last game of the year can't hold anything back now. Like it's like you're literally mm-hmm. gonna they're 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 literally gonna be pulling out all stops offensively. Um, you know, defensively, it's just gonna come up to whether or not they can make enough plays uh, to keep Jimmy Graham. Off, I mean, not Jimmy Graham, excuse me, but Jimmy Garoppolo off the field um, because we obviously know when he gets hot, uh, he he continues to have a, a very high complete completion percentage. Um, but at the end of the day, if they're, if they're ending, if they're ending their drives with field goals instead of touchdowns, I think I personally, we're going to, I'm going to give the advantage to the Kansas city chiefs. And I'm, and I think overall the Kansas city chiefs are just going to be, uh, too much, uh, for the 49ers to be able to contend with late down the, uh, late down the stretch. Um, you know, the 49ers can compete. We saw that against the saints. They can score at a high volume. Uh, high volume, but I, I but I just think that at the end of the day, the Kansas City Chiefs, with two weeks to prepare, healthy guys finally on defense, um, Andy Reid uh, coming out of bye weeks in the regular season, is is has an astronomical success rate uh, when having two weeks two weeks to prepare. I think it's I think it's almost over seventy percent as far as his winning percentage. I'm excited to see. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win 33 to 27. You know, another key matchup that I didn't mention was Quan Alexander versus Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy uh, and Werner versus, versus those guys out the backfield. So I'm, I'm really, really, really excited to see this game. Man, I'm surprised none of y'all mentioned T-Sizzle. Terrell Suggs, man, still playing with the Chiefs, and he's had an impact as well. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what he could do against San Francisco But I have to roll with the Niners, man. I know Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, those guys are dangerous. And when they're able to get that offense rolling or seeing their defense come through, Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew. But I just think San Francisco is going to be able to really establish the run game. I think they're going to be able to control the time of possession, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. Jimmy Garoppolo is finally going to silence all those who are still questioning his caliber as a big stage quarterback. I think he makes some big time throws late in the game. I'm going to have an outside of the box Super Bowl MVP pick in 49ers linebacker Dre Greenlaw, who was a fifth round pick out of Arkansas. He started in the playoffs. He filled in big time for 
Quan Alexander when he had that torn pec. And I just think he's going to make a big turnover late in the fourth quarter that's going to help set up San Francisco to win this game. And again, it's really difficult because I've been on the fence all week and trying to determine which team I feel can pull away in the end. But I just think Kyle Shanahan, he has that bitter taste in his mouth from that blown Super Bowl game against the Patriots when he was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons. I think he's going to come out with a great offensive game plan. you got to give Andy Reid credit too because that guy is an offensive guru as well. But I think the Niners win this game 26-23. Dre Greenlaw, the Super Bowl MVP. And I just cannot wait to see this unfold. Man, when I lay this out, though, real quick, though, let me just comment on this real quick. Do you think do you think Kyle Shanahan is solely running the ball in the playoffs because he is haunted by the previous Super Bowl in which he did not run the football against the Patriots? Probably. And so is that do you think that, that plays into the part? Look, I'm going to just run it. And at the end of the day. You know, if we if we come up with a win, we got a quarterback who can throw it, but they gonna see that I'm committed to the run first. And so like I think, man, a lot of that stuff plays into my head a little bit, man. And it's so funny um when I'm when I'm thinking about it. Uh just because at the end of the day, man, he had an opportunity to win the game. So I know for a fact moving forward in his coaching career, he is solely gonna he's gonna start and end with the run if he has an opportunity to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't get a chance to really uh, touch base on um, my MVP for the game. Um, the obvious pick would for me would be uh, would be Travis Kelsey. But I'm but in previous in the previous Super Bowl, I'm going to go back to the running back position like how New England had. And I'm going to take Damian Williams, man, for for Super Bowl MVP. Uh, as far as a plethora of running the football and catching the football out the backfield and the dynamic in, in which he brings to the table uh, for this offense. And so he's going to be my Super Bowl MVP um, just based off the success that he's going to have uh, against the San Francisco 49ers linebackers. All right, Mike, you got any final thoughts before we wrap this up? I'm excited for the game. The Super Bowl is always, uh, I mean, it brings the best out of, brings the best out of everybody. And, the way that one thing we, we, we see is that when teams get close and then they finally get to the show, a lot of times the performance is amazing. You, you look at Denver, right? They got close, missed it off a blown call or, or whatever you may want to call it. Then they made it. Then they got embarrassed. Then two years later, they went and they did some embarrassing with that pass rush, right? You know, you look at Seattle. Um, uh, losing in the playoffs and coming back and losing to divisional uh, or, you know, losing the playoffs and then um, watching the divisional rival go to the playoffs and they come back and they blow out a team. And you just, you just see this a lot of times with these teams where when they get close, and that's why I thought of this so interesting if the Saints would have made it. Because I said, the Saints go, they're going to win. You know, so to see what happened with Mahomes last year and uh, like I said, D four, you know, not being able to make it off of a, uh, you know, a call or whatever. They're they're here, and I just think no matter what happens, they're going to be a, they're going to be above it, 
and they're, they're going to play the game the way it's supposed to be played. I'm really looking forward to watching the game. Being a 49ers team that's hungry. They are very hungry because they had to go through the embarrassment of winning, what, four games last year? So you can't tell me that tip on their shoulder hasn't gotten them to the Super Bowl. So, yes, this is going to be a very, very competitive game, right? We've seen violent Super Bowls like the 49ers and the Ravens. We've seen just straight bullying, like what you saw with Von Miller uh, against the uh, Panthers or the Seahawks versus the Broncos. We saw opposite ends of the spectrum. We saw score fits with both scores. It's like 500 with the Eagles and Brady. Then we saw a straight steady defensive game the next year with the, uh, uh, the, the Patriots and the Rams. And, and I think this year is just going to be competitive. It's not going to be a big, giant score fest. It isn't going to be a just strict defensive game where nobody can score. But it's going to be a back and forth, punch for punch, blow for blow. You get a sack, we get a sack. You, uh, uh, we throw a pick, that's okay. We won't force a fumble. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a dog fight. I guess that's the best way to say it. And I'm really looking forward to that aspect of it. You know, for me, man. It's really it's 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 the type of Super Bowl we like to see a phenomenal offense versus phenomenal defense. Um, you know, obviously, when you have two offensive you know teams coming into this to this thing, we all we know that both teams are going to have an opportunity to score a lot of points. But we don't necessarily know how things are going to shake out. You know, with this game, I mean, we we've, we've seen the Chiefs win in, in a high amount of points. We've seen them win in a low amount of points, as, and as well as the 49ers. they had a lot of close close calls uh, this entire season. And so, you know, I think for me, um, I'm just very excited to see Andy Reid back in the Super Bowl. Um, I think uh, the, the type of coach that he is in the NFL and how he's revered by so many, uh, so many of his peers, it's very exciting to see a guy that's so humble back in the Super Bowl um, and have an opportunity uh, to coach in another one. Um, Kyle Shanahan having an opportunity to right his wrongs from previous uh, from the previous Super Bowl with the Falcons. I think that's a phenomenal storyline. D Ford uh, playing against his, his old team who cut him after a mistake that he made in the playoffs last year. I mean, not cut him, but didn't decide to uh, re-sign him. Uh, that's essentially a, a slap in the face, man, because, you know, obviously he messed up last year and, and you know, everybody was very, uh, very on his case as far as, um, you know, making a key mistake like that in a game. And so, I think I, I'm very I'm looking forward to him and having and getting um, and seeing him get his redemption. And, and as well as just it's so many stars around the field, man, from, you know, the receivers to the to the defensive line. Um, I'm excited to see if this defensive line, you know, lives up to the hype. And these young guys are hungry. I think at the end of the day, they don't fear anybody. And that's the exciting part to see, because they're so young, they don't even understand. They just going. They're literally just going out there yeah. and doing their thing, and they're playing, and they're so and it's so exciting to watch. As well as Patrick Mahomes, he the leadership in which he instilled in this Kansas City Chiefs team to never let them feel like they're out of any type of game or any type of situation. And hopefully, it's not like a a, a repeat of when Seattle played Denver against Peyton Manning and those guys way back in the day. And so, I'm hopefully I'm 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 excited to see whether or not uh, these guys can live up to the hype and uh, as far as the 49ers defense line. And if Patrick Mahomes is the, is the guy of the future, if he's the quarterback and the MVP of the league, uh, I'm excited to see how everything goes. 
Hey, yeah, Mike, we appreciate you again, man, for joining the show. And I told Gerard earlier, bro, hey, you know, I know you're a free agent, so big-time Cowboy fan, Mike McCarthy's there. <laughs> Let me know if you need some uh, some real estate agent out there to get you set up in Dallas this offseason. Uh, you know, I'm messing with you, bro. But, hey, blessings to you as you continue your, your NFL career, man, and uh, certainly you. wish you the best moving forward. Big-time fan of yours all those years. You terrorized Dallas when you are in Green Bay. But, uh, hey, man, take care. Blessings. And you too, Jarrell. Thank you again, man. And, Thank you. Uh, and I'm excited again to be on the show. Uh, Mike, uh, my brother, man, thank you so much for taking the time out to be with us today. Um, like no I said doubt. before, man, uh, we know how important the offseason is to a lot of players. And so, uh, you know, from our years past of battling in the Big Ten to, um, you know, being fathers and married men, um, I appreciate you taking the time out, bro. Hey, man, anything from a brother, man. I got you, baby. My man. All right, man. Well, y'all take care. Have a blessed rest of the day, and let's uh, look forward to this big Super Bowl 54. So y'all take care. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.